Hello, podcast world. Um, I'm Lindy. And I'm Stephanie. And thank you for clicking on our podcast. Turn of the Millennials. Yeah, where we talk about everything pop culture from 95 to 2005. Uh, those are our prime years of being a teenager, basically. Uh, yep. She was 13 in 95, and I turned out of 20s in 2005. No, I was 12. I was 12. Um, so this is our first episode. Thanks for um, clicking. Uh, anyways, our first episode we decided to do um, was the epitome of things pop culture in 2000, Josie and the Pussycats. We're loud people. It sucks. Yeah, it's loud. So <laughs> forgive us. This is our first episode, guys. So, it's, you know, yeah. we'll figure out the tweaks yeah. as we go along. Um, so, welcome to our first episode. Uh, it is called A Jerkin' Tread Pimp. For those of you who are not aware, that is a reference to uh, the almighty Josie and the Pussycats. Uh, which was released uh, in April 2001. I was in grade 11. Or no, sorry, actually, that was the end of grade 10, about to go into grade 11. I was about to go into grade 13, which in, you know, Canada, back then in Ontario. Canada and Ontario was called OAC. For those we of had you, to take five years of high school. For those of you four. who are Americans, you have yep. no idea what the fifth year and 13th year is, so that's okay. He might have them. Some of them might have gone back for fifth year. But anyway, besides the point. So we're talking all things Josie right now. Um, yeah, so it was released in April of 2001. It was directed by Deborah Kaplan and Harry Elfont. Um, and it stars Rachel Lee Cook, Tara Reid, Rosario Dawson, Alan Cummings, and Parker Posey. And Missy Pyle. We can't forget about Missy Pyle. This is true. She did love play. Missy Pyle. She She's did play funny. Alexander's sister. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> <laughs> um, so fun tidbit about the directors. Actually, this was one of their last movies. Um, unfortunately, this movie, which we will also touch on, is a, was a critical failure in the box office. Box but, office flop, for those of you who are unaware yep, of the terms. But has found since cult status, actually. So um, it's awesome. It should. At the time, it was actually actually their last film because it bombed so much they were so scared that when another script came along they just weren't ready to take one yet and Hightail didn't ran from the industry didn't even run just the right script never came along and they just never found it so they just stopped directing That's um sad. But for another tidbit, they directed Can't Hardly Wait. So that is why there is a lot of Donald Faison, Seth Green, Bracken Meyer, basically most of the cast from Basically the movie. band of du jour is from yeah. Can't Hardly Wait. The Most of the band from Can't Hardly Wait, actually, Bracken Meyer and Donald Faison were the band that never played at the party. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's for another episode yeah, anyways. So really let's well. not go too far. We will do that in another episode. Sorry, we may have sidetracked from time to time. Can't Hardly Wait. It was another classic movie and that's what our podcast is about touching on all things social or not even social media all things pop culture media back in the day because yeah. we didn't have social media in 2001 god we're dating ourselves <laughs> <laughs> that's okay it's great <laughs> so Josie and the Pussycats was actually originally based on a comic book series slash cartoon morning show for one season mm-hmm. Cartoon, um, the creator, Don DiCarlo, um, he got the idea from his wife, Josie, while on a cruise vacation, and she was wearing a cat costume. So they actually made their first intro into the Archie, or Archie comic world in 1963. I loved Archie comics. I didn't get into them. Danielle did. Oh, I so My did sister too. did, which I'm sure she'll make a, an appearance later on. In Every time ours. I went to the grocery store with my parents, I bugged them to buy me the newest one. I mm. love them. They were good. Double Digest, I believe is what it was. Oh, heck yeah. 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 Was... Love Jughead. <sighs> and I think then... I identified with him the most. Mm. I, I, that's, I, think that's why, <laughs> I think that's why I'm not into Riverdale now. 
I just, I just. I'm only on like the third season. I can't, so. I can't get into it. But oh, I could. Oh, so good. Anyways, anyways. <laughs> so uh, the original um, Josie was published from 1963 to 1982, um, and the Saturday morning cartoons actually ran in 1970, but had just 16 episodes. And then it did have another season, I believe, is what I read or something. Uh, it was actually called Josie and the Pussycats in Outer Space in '72. Well, okay then. Kind of sounds like a porn movie. <laughs> kind of does. Pussycats in Outer Space. Josie and the Pussycats in Outer Space. Still. Pornocopia is what that is. It was the 70s. What do you expect? <laughs> Weird things Anyways. went on in the 70s. <laughs> um, what a decade to be alive, though. The first 13 issues were named She's Josie, later renamed Just Josie, uh, from 1940, or issues 14 to 47, and then finally Josie and the Pussycats, from, for its total of 106 issues. Wow. Yeah, a lot a of lot. stuff that you didn't know. Yeah, no, that's why you did most of the research for this episode. <laughs> I know. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's great. Um, there's a lot of things Lindy will learn through the course of these. I'm she, learning right along with you guys, so yes. hang tight. She doesn't want to do the research. I do it all. <laughs> I may be a procrastinator, but I get shit done. Uh, so, um, <laughs> Josie and the Pussycat also had a manga makeover in 2005, and then they had a comic reboot in 2016, which only lasted nine issues. That's sad. This is the beginnings to our classic love of Josie mm-hmm. and the Pussycats, or a little history of it. So, now let's talk about how much of a flop it was at the box office. So, our movies. So, on Rotten Tomatoes, which wasn't out at the time, but... On Rotten Tomatoes now, it currently has a rating of 53%. Which is such an underrated. Like, it's, it's such so a good... Like, it's one of those, like, such terrible movies. Uh, it's But it's so second. good, and the soundtrack is amazing. There might be some comments on Rotten Tomatoes, too, but we can still keep talking about it. We can bring that up later. Yeah. Um, I can Google yeah. some of that. So, so, it cost $22 million to make... But it only made fourteen point nine million dollars at the box office, and only about six hundred or sorry five hundred ninety five thousand hundred thousand of that was overseas. So most of it was domestic. But the soundtrack was successful. Absolutely, I because it was so good. <laughs> you can listen to that thing all the time. So the the, the so good. singer who does the voice of Josie's singing voice in the movie is from the late the girl from uh, Letters to Chloe. Letters to Cleo. Letters to Cleo. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, doll. Her name. Letters is to Cleo. Hey, Hanley. Um, you might know her vocals from um, basically the soundtrack of Ten Things I Hate About You. Or if you just love Letters to Cleo, and you were probably most likely a Gen X type, maybe an early yeah, millennial, usually about born in the '80s, punk rock p- fan on the scene, you know. Yeah. And then actually, the background vocals were actually done by Biff Naked. Did you know? I fellow didn't. Canadian I thought artist. the backups were actually Rosario, Rachel, and Tara. They also did some as well. Oh, okay. So, so it was a mixture. Wrong, so no, but it was, but Biff did do some of those, That's some of those vocals. pretty cool. Yeah. And then produced by Babyface. So of course it had to be good because Babyface was like lit in the 90s, 2000s. Really? Are we using lit? <laughs> of course we are. So Gucci. This is all about being in the past. So why not just use our sh- Stupid slangs that don't even exist anymore. It's great. Um, lit is the new one. I know. That's, that's and it's still just, not even cool anymore. I'm that's not, the funny thing. It's now gone away. Kids I'm are not, like, we're not saying lit anymore. I'm not down with today's lingo. <laughs> I choose to ignore it when I hear it because it's just so incoherent and dumb. For those of you who have teenagers at home, you get what I'm talking about. Like, I just... <laughs> I can't have a conversation with them because that's all the time. Like, you might as well be speaking a completely different language. I have no idea. But anyways. 
Yes, most of you millennials have probably some Gen Z children. So they yeah. are fun. My neighbor across the way does. She's mm-hmm. she's she's good people. I like her. So, um, so Steph, can you tell me why the three main actresses had such good a, re- a good relationship and chemistry on screen? <laughs> that is setting so you up. Setting so you up. cheesy. Setting you up. Um, the actresses actually went to band camp to learn to play. What? Instruments. No way! Tell me about it. <laughs> Yeah, and also about the script, uh, or sorry, not the script, the soundtrack, uh, it was actually certified gold, which means for back in those days, way different than the now Spotifying streams, how they calculate music, uh, 500,000 copies is what got you certified gold. Of CDs. Or, ca- or maybe cassettes, cassettes. If they were... 2001, there were still there some were cassettes still lingering. Cassettes out, yeah. Still some lingering cassettes. And even though it was a critical failure, it soundtrack went certified gold because it was just so great. Oh, I love the soundtrack. It's so good. So good. So the actresses did go to band camp. They learned to play their instruments. Not 100% pro, but just enough to look realistic uh, Make on it camera. look like they know what they're doing. Yeah, on camera. Yeah. As opposed to Lindsay Lohan, she just totally took hers over the, over the top with uh, her guitar. That's another episode, Steph. That's another episode. <laughs> it's another episode. It doesn't matter. We can still reference these. Yes, yes, you can. We will still make these references <laughs> and talk about them in another episode. Still so, talk about I found this to be really interesting that U2's Bono is a fan of the film. I think that's cool. A year after the film was released, Deborah Kaplan, Deborah Kapl- Kaplan, and Harry Elfont met perhaps the film's most famous and unexpected fan, U2 lead singer Bono. Deb met Bono, and Bono told her he loved the movie, and he totally got it. That was within a year of it coming out when we still thought people were going to get it, and it wouldn't. It would open people's eyes up to the music business. Which, I mean, that opens up for a conspiracy of is there a reason it flopped so bad because of the music industry? Because of, like, all the shit that's been coming out, out of the industry lately. All the supposed suicides who just happen to be investigating. Oh, you're getting into conspiracy things. But that's what I mean, though. Now. Like, but that's what I mean. This is because this, this is not our show. What if it's true? That's what if it was true? That's a different podcast. <laughs> okay. That's not okay. what we're okay. here for, okay. Lindy. Okay, uh, I won't talk about it. But that is a different. Po- if you want to do that podcast, go fine. ahead. But <laughs> what? What if it was true? What if the music industry really did was putting subliminal messages under our music, and like. They were like, oh, well, we have to do something about this. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know. Maybe they subliminally. Anyway. I get what you're saying. Like the conspiracy. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, well. But obviously know. it did not open up people's eyes to the music business. By the way, that source is from BuzzFeed. Just well. Because I don't know if you said BuzzFeed. Oh, no. Not. Sorry. Yeah. But it was an actual quote from director Harry Alfont. Because mm-hmm. uh, it was also, it was around the, reun- the time of the reunion special that they actually had. Because yeah. it found such cult st- status. It was the reunion, 16th anniversary screening, and then they made a record, actually, of the Josie and the Pussycats. So, we something have... that everybody knows about Josie and the Pussycats is that this movie has a lot of label drops. Yes, a, a lot of brands. A lot of brand names. But so, Steph read an article claiming that there is, what, about 74 brand names in the movie? IMDb, I believe, actually. And IMDb? That and so me, having no life and being nothing but a hermit, uh, took about three hours um, pausing and playing this movie to write down all of the brand the brand names that I saw. And I think we came to the conclusion that there was 126 That was brands and bands? Well, anything pop culture reference. Yeah. So it was any type of vehicle that we saw that was in the movie that was blatantly 
shown the like the the label like Honda or Lincoln, yeah. um, any blatant brand names that you see. So like, there's a lot of Diesel and there's a lot of Tide and Target and Motorola. Yeah, yeah. Like it's those are the ones randomly placed there, which none of them were actually paid to be in the movie. No money was exchanged. So what are the ramifications of that? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> so. <laughs> Those companies not sue them for not having their permission? Or? Could, but they probably just got a whole bunch more advertising from that movie. And See, and that's what I mean. I always thought that I've, like people who wanted their brand names in movies and TV shows had to pay the movie or TV show in order to do that because I, they, it, would be, it would be their advertising, wouldn't it? I think usually it is, but I think they took the uh, ask for permission or ask for forgiveness, not permission route instead. Well, and I'm sure they wouldn't but have I'm, done it if like the legality, legal, like the the consequences legal consequences wouldn't have been so bad so let's see none of the brands featured in the film paid for placement same article that we were referencing earlier um is it a satire because it's a satire about consumerism the directors went out of their way to ensure that almost every single scene featured at least one piece of product placement except what i noticed when watching the movie it was except in josie and the pussycat's house all of their items were like turned around so the labels weren't showing, which I think is um, just a sign or um, a subtle hint that they are not about labels. That That's not Josie and the Pussycats. That's not what they're about. Um, that's what I think which is about. probably true. Well, as I was reading, <laughs> anyway. Well, I just throw things in. I can throw <laughs> in like tidbits and I know. compact. What if, it comes, what if that comes up in there in this conversation? That well, we'll talk about it again. Okay. Whatever. We'll let it uh, out. I'm just saying. <laughs> So, despite what many of the film critics assume, none of those companies paid to be featured. We didn't get money for it. And that was the big scandal, I guess, when the movie came out. Um, although she did add that brands like Steve Mann and Puma supplied the filmmakers with articles of clothing to outfit the, outfit the cast. Everyone called, a lot of reviews called them hypocrites. They're taking money from these corporations to put them in the movie and they're doing exactly what they say people shouldn't do. I guess not all companies were on board with their products being satirized. Is that how you pronounce that word? Satirized. Satirized. Yeah. So Alphonse says, and I quote, we were dying to do a gap for a gap ad for the movie that was everybody in Leopard, uh, referencing the brand's memorably homogenized everybody in khakis, everybody in leather, and everybody, everybody invests in campaigns from the late 90s. When I'm with you, baby, I, I go, go out, out of my head. head. Oh, which is in that commercial? Which is another episode that yeah. I want to do is all the awesome commercials yeah. that came out of the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Laura's in that commercial. But then Gap read the script and they were like, hell no. There were certain companies that didn't want to play because they realized what we were doing and others like Target were like, who cares? We're so much bigger than that. So some people Good for not, you, Target. Right. Some people <laughs> knew that they wouldn't care about the satir- satirization of the, the satire aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's free advertising. It's a fun movie. Like, like, come on. Don't be so stuffy. Don't be so pretentious. It's fine. It was a different time back then. Well, I guess everyone's all stuffy nowadays anyway, so. Whole other episode. Right. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be saying that a lot. This will come up many, many times. Um, um, Did you also know that Brandy, Beyonce, Lisa Left Eye... Lopez and Aaliyah, God rest their souls, no longer with us. All auditioned for the part of Val. Uh, that'd be Lisa Left Eye Lopez and Aaliyah are no longer with us. Yes, clearly the other two are. But, yeah. you know. Obviously. But just saying. Just clarifying. Because <laughs> someone's going to hear us and be like, what, Beyonce died? Right. Like, Pretty sure I would have heard about that. <laughs> I don't want to put that out into <laughs> yeah. the universe. It's not yeah. what I meant. Um, they okay. both auditioned actually for the part of Val. Okay. I just love that it's like. It was one of Rosario Dawson's, like, kind of, like, first acting roles, and now she's, like, a huge freaking star. It really was. Like, they say that a lot I in the articles that. I was reading and I researching that. about this, is that it was hers. And, fun fact, 
Valerie Brown, the bassist, Pussycat's bassist in general, became the first major black female animated character on Saturday mornings. And more importantly, she was brought to life by Barbara Poirot and Patrice Holloway, two black women as well. Well, back in the day, they did a lot of like, quote unquote, cultural appropriation. So it was a white girl voicing black girls. So, you know, Josie and the Pussycats has always been way ahead of its time. Favorite parts of the movie. What do you want to talk? Okay, can we talk? What I find hilarious is like, okay, at the beginning, like when I'm watching it or whatever, and Josie is like, okay, I look at Josie as someone who wouldn't really wear a lot of heels, right? Mm-hmm. And like, she wears these ginormous fucking wedges everywhere. Maybe it's because Rachel Lee Cook is on the short side. She is like five And Rosario something. Dawson's probably pretty tall. And Tara Reid was And Tara Reid, I would expect her to wear heels anyway. Well, she was also, I think, a little much taller than yeah. Rachel Lee Cook as well. But I'm just like, I see her, them like, they're running around like downtown, like gonna play their music in front of Steve Madden, who's trying to sell new orange things. And like, they're, like, she's in these, like, five-inch wedges. I'm just like, I just don't see that as a Josie character. Maybe it's just me, but... Oh, you're checking how tall she is? Yeah. 1.65 meters. Okay. How <laughs> many feet is that? We're on the metric system. Don't you know no, that, Lindy? because I know height in feet and inches. Because in Canada, we are weird, yeah. and we use a yeah. bit... Uh, mostly metric, but a little bit of imperial. But we talk, like, their fashion. Conversion, like, sure. So she's 5'4". So she's, wow. like, an inch and a half shorter than me. That's really tiny. What's virtually cook? You spell it right. You know what? <laughs> Sass me once. 1.57. So she's shorter. She's even smaller. She's even smaller. 5.1. Wow, that's short. Rosario is probably what, like 5.7? 5.7. I was right. Yeah. Sweet. I was right. So she's about the same height as me. right. La, 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 la. But yes, also those platforms and wedges were also the style at the time. And yeah, you want to get with into the, the giant style. flare jeans yep. that go over them. And the also ever so popular ultra low rise pants in the early 2000s. Oh, which I never wore because I was a fat teenager. So. I tried to wear them, but I have a short torso, so they kind of already came up to my belly button. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't, I couldn't wear them too well. What I like are like um, the little rainbow on the back. Her dress of when she reads pants oh and her dress the when she cuts dress up she the wears. dress and she makes the cuffs and she's out of got it. that like jewel flower thing on her back yes when lnm is all we like, liked uh, a lot of sparkly stuff back then oh there my was gosh the wasn't jeweled it hearts and that like the jeweled tattoos i think that i believe it's that was like, very 2000s it's like um yeah like basically glitter was and then it, like like in those couple when years cell phones kind of first came out like the, the first set of iphones and that they remember they glittered the back of those as well the yeah that iphone so yeah yes the early 2000s we were very much into uh bejeweling a lot of things and jewels on ourselves and late 90s was all about the uh eye glitter but i was so like eye glitter, as much as i'm in, as much as i'm into that now i wasn't then because i was such a tomboy yes. that like i hated everything girly this i would like i hated pink pink i just oh my god it was the worst fucking color ever i hated it so much now it is my all-time favorite color. I'm wearing it right now. So my pink sparkly CSI t-shirt. So it's just, if you're a teenager and you're listening to this, just remember who you are as a person now is probably not who you're going to be when you're in your 30s. I'm definitely not. And that's the lesson for today, yep. apparently. There we go. We're gonna Is that what we're going to do at the end of each episode is give life lessons to the next Why generation? Why not? Why not? There are so many things that like, 
Well, it's not like they're going to listen because I mean, grownups, grownups could give me, could give me advice. So they're blue in the face when I was 17 and I was going to be like, yeah, what do you know? You're old. We're old because we fucking lived through it. That's why. I wish I had listened to like 90% of that advice. Like I do. Yeah. So what is one of your favorite lines from the movie? Oh, me and Dia always used to quote du jour with the uh, the face and the face. Am I doing your face? Oh, is it such a nice face? Am I doing your face? <laughs> everywhere you go, Thanks. everywhere you go, my face. It's my, my face. face. <laughs> you, my mama gave me that face. Too bad your mama couldn't get you a good face. <laughs> Respect, Doctor James. Du jour means family. I think when my favorite one is Alan Cumming and his character <laughs> eye contact hand. <laughs> eye, yes, contact, eye contact hand. <laughs> Uh, and Parker Posey always our favorite. <laughs> you suck. Let's gossip. Oh wait, that's missing pile. <laughs> no, that's Parker Posey, that's come on, gossip. let's gossip. We and used to do that all the time. I met a friend the, the other time. day who, <laughs> by my, like, is like ten years younger than me, by the way. Who, so she's like twenty five. Yep. Um, and um, younger millennial. I told her. I said something. I was walking past her. I was like, Oh yeah, we'll have to hang out. And like, you know, gossip. And she did it back to me. I was like, You don't know what that's from? She goes, No. And I go, Josie and the fucking Pussycats. I don't know what that is. I was like, oh my fuck, you need to see this movie. I've given her like a huge list of movies that she needs to see and catch up on. And I tried to do that to the neighbor next door. I gave her a yeah. big bag of them. And her mom's like, no, she yeah. can come over again one at a time. And I was like, ah. Yeah, come on. for those Let of her you binge them. that are not older, like elder millennials or Gen Xers um, that are younger than that, like, sorry guys, you were born too late. You have so much to catch up on. So many great movies, great music. Some of them may have. They might have had older siblings. I mean, that's true. I mean, my kids have definitely seen a lot of stuff from our days. Like, a lot of stuff. They fucking love Goonies and Sandlot and stuff. See? Just depends on how good their parents are to showing yeah. them all these good stuff. Be good parents. Introduce them to the shit you grew up with. Right? Yeah. Let them do new shit, but also introduce them to the good shit. Be like, this is where your shit came from. If it yeah. wasn't for this, you wouldn't have that stuff. Because yeah. a lot of that stuff is ripped off of our stuff, which was also ripped off of our parents' stuff. Because everyone wants to nostalgia and it's just a big Every cycle. generation of anything artistic or entertainment-wise. Creative. Creative is Going sampled to, from the next generation. Whoever is I mean, now at, creating is trying to nostalgia from yeah, their youth. Look at how many artists in the 90s who, when they were asked, oh, who's your biggest um, inspiration? Most of them said Michael Jackson. Now with them, it's now, Nirvana. It's like things like Nirvana or Foo Fighters. Or like Backstreet Boys. Or NSYNC or Britney or Christina. Like it's, and then like in the next generation, it's be like, oh, who is your biggest influence? And I'm not saying this is going to be true, but it's the only One name direction. I can think of right now. No, Post Ariana. Malone. Post Malone. Ariana. <laughs> He's so but inspirational. He is inspirational. I don't mind. We like Post Malone. He so. inspired Ozzy Osbourne to We're, become a star. Yeah, Right? Yeah. Now that is... T-Dub, Ozzy Osbourne has been around longer than us. This is the one thing that does bother me about Gen Zers is that they have so much wealth of information. They have all this wealth of information at their fingertips and they still choose to not research who these people are before making idiot comments like this. Which for which the comment I'm referring to is the one where it's like, oh, Post Malone is so awesome. Look at him helping out new artists. That Who's new artist was Ozzy Osbourne. Osbourne. He's going to be lit with Post Malone backing him. Yeah. Like, really, parents? Come on, you're failing your children. Very much failing Introduce them to Black Sabbath. Come on. Or even in the least, like, let them list, watch yeah. Dazed and Confused and let them find it on their own. Oh, such a good movie. That's another, another episode. episode. <laughs> <laughs> so. That was going to stay. Yeah, we're not editing that part out. That was, no, that that was, was gold. Great. That was gold. Because we have so much of this 10-year gap of pop culture 
That's so much heads. that we just we 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 were such pop culture junkies as oh teenagers. Gosh, yes. We just absorbed so much like, of it. How many times did we I never go got to, to use it? How many times did we go to the movie theater to see the same freaking movie? Like I don't know about you, but you went a lot more than I did to the movie that, theaters. Yeah, that's true. Because you babysat, and I didn't. I didn't babysat, yeah. so I didn't have that like extra money coming. That's in. That's true. Um, but yeah, like I probably ditched school once a week to go to the movie. I do remember ditching my math exam to go watch Fast and the Furious when Galaxy Cinemas opened up at Conestoga Mall. First showing ever. What? <laughs> really dating ourselves. That's fine. That's fine. That's cool. and that's the first but Fast the, and the Furious, but not the, the ninth, not the eighth, the first Fast. The, and the very, Furious. very, 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 very first one. Vin Diesel, just called Paul the, Walker, called Fast and the Furious. <laughs> Speaking of Josie, what else can we speak of, Josie? Can I just say how much I fucking loved her big concert outfit? Like, her original one. So... The blue one? The blue one. Where she, like, you know, fought Parker Posey and, like, shoved a Twinkie down her mouth. And Parker Posey was all like, you bitch! So, like, it just... I loved it. The pants, the top, like, the sheer... The sheer um, jacket really with the fuzzy... I her outfit when she's, her like... makeup was awesome, too. When she was being, on fleek. When she was being, like, bitchy Josie, that t- that suit thing she was wearing, I was oh, not yeah, a fan of that Oh, yeah, I didn't like that. that. I'm not a fan of, like, the metallic pleather look that was so big around that time. The plastic-looking clothing. Like, I was not a huge I, fan of I it. I could never afford it because it was available at Le Chateau and my pa- my parents were not well off. But yeah, I, I always loved either. it. Either. Well, you never could. That's why I probably yeah. also didn't wear it. But I loved it. Like, in uh, Romeo and Michelle. Okay, like, that kind yes, of plastic that, glitter. Those I enjoyed. But okay. it was... Some of the outfits in Josie and the Pussycats that were made with that, that type of material. They like, just didn't. I just, I don't know. It wasn't I just. fashioned correctly. I loved, I loved, like, that outfit that you're speaking of, the metallic one when she's bitchy, Josie. Yeah. Like, I loved the outfit itself, but just not that fabric. I like this Tara Reid one. I've always loved that Tara Reid purple shirt. Okay, yeah. So, for those of you who are not sure what we're talking about, it's the one in there. It's the cover album art, and it's the purple basically side-angled halter. I also did like Josie's gold halter when the crazy uh, neighbor mm-hmm. girls or Riverdale girls come and... and then I swear on my bus pass. I swear on my bus pass. Those were all just cute outfits, because yeah. they were still before they, they went crazy. They just had cute outfits in general. It's true. Some of them were just not. I wasn't a fan of, like, this shirt on Rosario, though. Yeah, I was not a fan. The one one that we're talking about is like the long sleeve. Was Same one where the crazy salmon neighbors, color when the neighbors come. Yeah, so and it's about a salmon color, and it's got the deep V with like the rope across the throat, kind of. Yeah, and, and I guess um, it's just I just don't find it flattering on her. She's got such a smoking body, like. Well, it's, and not only that, in the two thousands, we still hadn't quite found the um, double sided kine- tape and kinesio tape where we could actually properly prop up our boobs like we do nowadays. Yeah, they don't so, look fully supported. Yeah, so hers don't look fully supported in this, but that's how it was in the two thousands. Oh, go. Sweat on someone else. <laughs> oh, See, like, I love that Sid shirt. I, I was going to say, shirt. that is the epitome of the shirt because it's, like, her intro to it. So, of course, they had to have, like, it rocker chick with all of the, like, mm-hmm. chains and stuff on it. And their yep. original ears. They're left. We're special. special. They're special. We're special. Yeah. Terry, the only movie of hers that I like of, with her in it. <laughs> American Pie 2, actually. Like, I like, I like her, her movies, but... But some of her characters, like, it's not her, the actress. It's, I think maybe this a lot of it's the characters also that Also was I, not a flattering dress on No, Rosario but I still liked well. it. It is good, but it's just, again, and with the same issue of the boobs. It was yeah. not flattering in the boob yeah. area on her. Strapless bras in the early 2000s had none of the like, high-techness we have now. Had it been properly supported, I love that shirt. 
I thought that was a really cute shirt. But yes, it's not fully supported. Oh, I liked that jacket too when she, when I got found number one band. Yeah, when um, Wyatt almost ran them <laughs> over in the street with the number one band behind them, just, you know. And he this happened to have Red like, flashy one when they're first in the uh, <laughs> studio. The walls are mushy. <laughs> when they're first in the studio. It smells like Teen Spirit. Chosen the Pesca, this is the best movie ever. Yep. Join the army. I love that part. Subliminal messaging works much better in movies. But like, okay, like the du jour's outfits. Like, okay, so like the shirts with the flames around the bottom or like the flames around the sleeves. I mean, how many guys did, like how many of our guy friends did, like had those shirts? Like all of them did. In a variety of colors. Right. Bootlegger. Bootlegger. Yeah. Ricky's was the girl store. Is Blue Note still around? It is, but it's kind of like, well, here's the funny thing. I thought for a bit it was bought and it was selling Stitches stuff. And then we went there, me and Kate went there the other day and now it's selling Aeropostale stuff. Weird. So, yeah, it was very weird. (laughs) There's not even an H in that. Will Wheaton? (laughs) I want that du jour top hat. (laughs) (laughs) When they're terribly trying to sing it. I'm pretty sure we were just terrible doing it then. Yeah. I wanted those uh, shower toys. The McDonald's ones? Yes, for so long after this movie came out. They were They're so like cute. McDonald's like shaped sponges, loofas, loofas, like sponges. Yeah. They so cute. Remember me and Mandy me and Mandy Oakham actually had cat the official Josie and the Pussycats, which I tried to find them, but I don't know where they are. They might be at my mom's in a box or something, but I couldn't find them in any of my The original Josie and the Pussycat ears? Oh yeah, that they sold when this movie came out. They were the greatest. I had purple. Danielle had blue. I don't remember what Amanda Oakham had, but we all wore me and Amanda Oakham both wore them in our grade eleven pictures for Um, I remember book. that because one of you guys lended them to me, lent them to me, and I wore them in mine too. Yep. But I'm pretty sure it was yours. I think it was the might have been mine. Um, and then they ended. I ended up getting retakes because my mom, because my for some reason we didn't get the first set, and then they put my retake in the yearbook instead of my kitty ears one. I was so upset. That sucks. But it was used on my student card. Yep. So I still had that. I was like, aha! I still had proof that I did it. That was great. Oh yes, me and Amanda. Amanda Oakham had like T-shirts and everything. She was obsessed with this movie as well. I think me and her went to go see it a couple times. Yeah, this is definitely a movie I could recite word for word, like from memory. Yeah, it was. A I probably about five movies I could probably do that with. There's the blue outfit you were speaking of, which again, yes. her doesn't. Again, it doesn't have much in the support ways. Yeah, but I think also in that time, um, a lot of female actors were opting to not wear bras as a form of feminine solidarity or something because like right um what's her name jennifer aniston kind of started it was, on friends that wasn't feminine solidarity that was just no there was there was an article i'll have to find it and like showing nips it, also helped get ratings that yeah, was that's true. see that's true that was the reason why it happened because hey, if i don't know if it was my a solidarity boobs thing. were perfectly shaped 100 percent of the time i would go braless all the time bras fucking suck free the boobs yeah people don't care it's literally only in your own head. Yeah, I do not like that outfit. The all leopard outfit. Yeah. That Josie's wearing when, like, she's... This one, yeah, yeah getting her manicure and that and yeah. being bitchy Josie. And I love when they're getting their makeovers done. Oh, streetwear. So messed up it again. Another episode. Um, oh, my God. Streetwear was, like, all over this movie. It was all over this movie. But when they're getting their um, hair done and the hairdresser comes in and all she does is that one last One little tick cut thing. And, and they're all like, like oh! I'm just like... But now it just looks dumb. Because right. now she's got like this alfalfa thing going on inside of her head. But then when she comes like, out, it's all And then when she comes out, it's perfect. perfect. I totally right. tried for that haircut when I was in that. But my hair's too curly, so. It didn't it was, work very well. Uh, that was the day when I first started straightening my hair. Yeah, I think I remember that. Because 2000, 2001 was like pin straight hair was all the rage. And the first time I had to straighten my hair was with a curling iron. That's so hard. Oh, yeah. It was grand old times. I didn't. The days before flat irons. I didn't even do. 
the actual iron yeah. with the thing over it because that, that was just too scary for me. I did. I've I never done that. Did. I never did. It was too scary yeah. for me. Actually, I remember when we went to London to visit Ashley. I think you guys did it. Yeah. On your hair. On Halloween. And the walls are mushy. I love how Tara Reid's character, she comes out of the bathroom and screams because she has a message on her mirror. And then she like fixes it and puts like a smiley face in the O Hearts and a heart and over stuff, the eye and, and stuff. Like, and she's much like, much better. better. It's like, no, it's because you just have a random message written in lipstick yeah. on your freaking mirror. It wasn't even what the message said either. Yeah. Beware of the music. Eugene Levy. Oh, yeah. Appearing in um, that video for YouTube. Um, brainwashing the youth the of children America. The children of the youth of America. I like Tim and the American Pies. One of them says, Can't Hardly Wait was the most underrated movie because it was done by the directors. And it totally was. It totally was. Can't Hardly Wait is awesome. It is. Eugene Hello, Levy. I'm Eugene Levy. And yes, I'm an actor. No, I said cappuccino. I'm here to talk to you about something very important. No, it's not about me or my career. I'm here to talk about subliminal messages in rock and roll music. Or as it's simply known in some cultures, <laughs> rock, rock music. The greatest. I loved Eugene Levy in this movie. He was hilarious. I thought he was like perfect so for, this for this role. Right? Check with the lawyers that we don't have. Right, we I love that they, they, they are all like, um, one of the things they say in that like pit where they're coming up with like the new ideas is where they're just like, um, feathers are the new rhinestones. Like, Buffy meets Chicken Run. Yes. <laughs> jerkin. That. Slang. Jerkin. Like, uh, dude, that's, that's Jerkin. And then if Hence you the name of the And if you don't remember that Josie calls herself a trend pimp when she finds out about the subliminal messaging. Yeah. She's nobody's pimp. Especially not the music. Starts episode. now. Ends now. I want a Big Mac. Not only vegetarian. I know, but suddenly I want one. <laughs> greatest movie yeah, ever greatest movie ever so uh, I love how they ended it though okay so the conversation that Alan M and Josie have in an auditorium while there's super loud music playing Would while he's crowd like a hundred feet away and they're having a full blown on fucking conversation please Half the time when Please. I'm in a concert, I can't even even person the next standing next to me right let alone but, the person on stage hearing someone crowd surfing but i do believe that was on purpose because that would never fucking happen they're just like oh let's throw this in the movie because it's hilarious because it would never fucking happen right so it was just i don't know maybe it was meant to anger me in that way you know specifically just me so (laughs) i feel like it was just in general let's just put this in at the very end and make it a love scene because there's got to be some kind of like culmination (laughs) to love stories in these i do love that val comes up to them when they're kissing and she's like uh hey we're kind of playing a concert Let's come on. Like we can only play the same chords for so long. Can, have our, can we have our lead singer back? Like please. my fingers are getting sore. Let's do this. Yes, thanks. <laughs> and when uh, Carson Daly and Tara Reid. Oh yeah, because they dated for a while. They like, did date when this movie happened. <laughs> and Aries Spears does all the terrible. terrible when he does Chris the Bill Rock Cosby, con- like considering where Bill Cosby is right now, and he does anytime he comes up in old movies, like in an idolized type of form, I just like I laugh because it's just like oh if. Only they knew then. <laughs> Past is hindsight 2020. Past catches up to you. He did a terrible Chris Rock impression. Oh, that was terrible. It was absolutely <laughs> terrible. Val, you're totally right. It was terrible. <laughs> terrible. Jackal. It's Jackal. You're not funny. You know who's funny? <laughs> Bill Cosby. <laughs> you want some jello? <laughs> you put in pumps. <laughs> We know that this is now not necessarily appropriate, but it's still great and funny. Uh, <laughs> making fun of Bill Cosby is funny, not in any way offensive to his victims. No. We're making fun of him. Yes. Because he's such a terrible person. <laughs> oh. 
Oh man, the, the great gems from this. Is movie. anybody else surprised to hear that Alan Cummings not gay? Sometimes I was, I, I was, I was shocked. And I'm not trying to stereotype or anything like that. I'm not, but I don't know. It just like you know how sometimes you can like I don't know just tell, and it's he always plays a certain character that yeah. you would assume is that is flamboyant characteristics you would assume would possibly be from a, of a homosexual nature. Yes. Or stere- near homosexual stereotype. Yeah. But. I don't know. I just, I I was surprised with that. Not that there's anything wrong with being straight. He just, <laughs> he just plays Kevin. characters so well. Alan Cumming. Phenomenal actor. Love him. He's just freaking awesome. Loved him in X-Men. Yes. Everything he touches. So good. Mm-hmm. And another one, Alan Rickman, who is also great. Oh, Alan Rickman. Reminds me kind of of Alan Cummings, just because it's the Alan. Yeah. I always got them mixed up. And they were British. Yeah. They were the British There's not got me confused. one Alan Rickman movie I have seen that I didn't like. Dogma's got to be up there. Alan Rickman. I love Dogma. Alan Rickman, yes. Alan Rickman. I'm talking yes. Alan Rickman. Yes. But anyway. And Snape. Oh, of course. Of course. But Harry Potter is an entirely For another episode. episode. Probably a few episodes. Yeah, watch fucking episode. unpack with that one. That's another episode. Um, okay, so to wrap up. Oh, on that note. Um, <laughs> join us. Um, we're going to have... We'll probably do, like, more. weekly podcasts, probably. We haven't decided on days or anything yet. Again, it's our first episode. We're still... Working twer- out the kinks. Twerking. <laughs> tweaking <laughs> things out. Um, I don't twerk. I'm too old for that shit. So, um... Next episode, we're going to dive into the shampoo gasm. Yes, we are going to talk about hair, hair products, products of, of the, the 90s. 90s and 2000s. Remember, like, your orgasmic episodes of Herbal Essences? Where a girl would rather see someone wash her hair than go on a date and get a free meal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those ones. Those ones. Those ones. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so to wrap up. <laughs> um, we'll figure out how to end these two though, as well. Yeah, we know. will figure out endings and all that jazz. But um, if you have not seen Josie and the Pussycats yet, I highly recommend that you do. Especially if you were a teenage girl in the year mm-hmm. 2001. You so, can probably still find copies on Amazon of the DVD. I believe it's on. You Google might even or, have several friends who have a copy that you can. This borrow. is true, or you might even have your own copy, or and, and show your children because yes. they'll want to see it as well. But for those younger than us who wouldn't have a copy, I'm sure you could find it on Apple mm-hmm. Play Store or Google Play Store. You know, they all seem to have them either for rent or purchase, probably usually, and. I'm sure you can find uh, the soundtrack on Spotify. Oh, probably. It is amazing. And listen to that. I over think and over I again. think it is because I'm pretty sure it's on my playlist already. Of course it is. Okay, so. say, say goodbye. Yeah, so, um, so thank you so much for <laughs> listening to our first episode. Um, it. I'm hoping that it will get better. Like when we, you know, tweak the things here and there that we need to work on. Because obviously, you know, first one. So stop judging. Um, <laughs> so join us next week for more. Our, Turn of the Millennials and... Yep, more of our banter and jibber-jabber about the pop culture that was uh, around 95 to 05. Turn of the Millennial Decade. Yep, pretty much. All right, well, have a fantastic night, people. Peace out. Bye.